0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Philly's Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, joined by Director of Fun and Games, John Brazier. How are you, John?
1: Great, Tom. How are you doing?
0: Doing great. Always, uh, as always, we're coming back to you live from the uh, Richie Ashburn broadcast booth. I have a hard time saying that every week, John, but uh, it's a little bit of a tongue twister, but we like saying it. We like the shout-out to Whitey for sure. We're at Citizens Bank Park It's beautiful. We got a great guest lined up today. I'm very pumped about that. I'm so pumped.
1: I I I love Sarge.
0: Well, he's one of our favorite guys. First of all, one of our favorite guys in the organization, right, John? I mean, uh, he's one of those guys. And and coming, um, we had LA on last week. La and Sarge are the same in that they both like bringing people together. You know, they they, they never big leg anybody. Those, nope. You know, those two guys, Sarge in
1: particular. We love Sarge. And and both those guys, you you can't you can't hang out with them for five ten minutes without laughing. I mean, they're yeah. just they just in their own way. They're they're just they have funny stories. They have they're not like Sarge doesn't tell jokes. But Sarge, just when you're around the guy, you just want to, you just want to be with him because he's got all kinds of stories. He's gonna bust on you. You're gonna bust back to him. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. just fun to hang out with Sarge.
0: Yeah, and what a career too. I mean, he's played with great players. He's played in great cities too.
1: We've talked about that before. He's, you well, know, that's the thing too. Like we we see him as such a great guy. Yeah. He was really intimidating as a player. Yeah. You know what I mean? He wasn't like that goofy guy. He was he was like a intimidator. Yeah. You know, if you told me back then that you'd be you know you'd be friends with Sarge, you'd be like, wow, wow. You'd be like, (laughs) scowl at me. I know. I know. I'll always
0: remember and maybe I'll bring it up later, uh, that great home run he hit in 1983. He won the MVP of the uh, National League Championship Series. I was at that game and, uh, you know, he... He had swagger. Sarge had swagger. And it kind of leads me to that, you know, what makes a favorite player? I always got the sense that, like, Sarge is one of those guys who is a lot of people's favorite player. And I thought, you know, you were saying earlier, John, I thought you were going to say he, he's like that in other cities. I think in Philadelphia, we think of him because he had such an impact here not only as a pe- player but as a broadcaster. They love him in Chicago. They love him in San Francisco, Atlanta, uh, very popular guy. But, you know, wh- why, you know, what is it about a player that makes him your favorite? player. I want to get into that with him a little bit. I yeah. Just, uh, well, who was your favorite player? Well, growing up, my first favorite player was Willie Montanez. And and again, when he I th- had, he
1: had panache. He did. He had panache.
0: He, he had, had swagger. Yep. He'd, he'd flip the bat, you know, uh, when he'd walk up to the plate. Uh, he was a good player. He could hit. Uh, he had that style. And then after that, I think it was Jay Johnstone. I like the flakes. I like the guys who had personality. I like the good guys, too. You know, uh, I remember on your other podcast, John... Uh, I wound up sitting in for you, and I interviewed Doug Glanville. And it was the same thing with Doug Glanville. Like, Doug Glanville wasn't the greatest player, uh, but I think he was just a a player that everybody liked because he was such a good guy. Um, And then it's just a cool thing when you have a, you know, a great player who can be your favorite player, too. You know, it's not just the bench players or average players. Sarge was a great player. Uh, but he also had that, that certain it that made him a, a everybody's favorite player.
1: Yeah, my favorite uh, growing up, uh, Steve Carlton. I mean, I, I love Steve Carlton because you knew when Steve Carlton's pitching that you're that 98% chance, unless they get lucky, get some lucky hits, or our team's not hitting, you know that you're, you're, you might win. You're going to win probably with, with Lefty on the mound. So I loved – how did you not love yes, Lefty? Absolutely. So Lefty was probably my favorite player, but I also had – um, what I would call an unsung favorite yeah, player. Unsung. Who was your unsung? My unsung favorite, favorite player was easily Manny Trio. I loved. Nice. I loved when Manny Trio would get the ball right. and he'd hold it, hold it, hold it, <laughs> and then he just fling it over a sidearm. You know, over the That's first. Swagger. He had the yeah. swagger. So he had that style. I also, if you're if you're talking about other teams, I remember um, probably really the first World Series I really really cared about was the Red Sox versus the Reds, right in 1970. Is that seventy? Yeah, seventy-five. Seventy-five, mm-hmm. um, and so I just you know I, the the red machine. Yeah, know, the
0: big red machine.
1: Big red yeah. machine with Joe Morgan, Joe and Tony Morgan, Perez, and yeah. Concepcion and Pete. Cesar Geronimo and yep, Johnny Bench. Yep. Uh, Johnny Bench was my favorite player mm. more from a, from outside the Phillies, um, and then you know the Red Sox. Louis, you talked about Flair. Louis Tion. Remember Louis Tion? Louis Tian would do the whole, you know, ghost basically his body. turn his body around sure. and then fire it over there. So and then you know Fred Lynn and and Jim Rice, but you know obviously the Phillies, uh, they were starting to get going that at that point. Yeah,
0: yeah. And Boa, I, I think Boa probably yeah. when I yeah. when I think of my favorite player back then, I was a shortstop and I loved Boa. I loved with the enthusiasm he played the game. But I always just I, you know I would gravitate too, to some some of the you know the the bench players or the guys that didn't get all the glory, but. Um, hey, we had a great week. Let's talk about favorite players. We just got finished at retro uh, weekend, John. Great 93 uh, tribute on Sunday. Um, it was awesome retro night we had a blast you know on Friday oh well, yeah
1: because you got to perform with um, not meatloaf but meatloaf uh, 's <laughs> distant cousin we talked about that you know the fanatic
0: got uh, he, he tried to get meatloaf but we only got his half brother uh, oh, pot roast. roast sorry yeah, yeah pot he always roast. always lived in the shadow of meatloaf pot, pot roast did and uh, never quite got the glory that meatloaf did but uh, basically it was Matt Mailer, who we 're going to have as a guest coming up on philly 's backstage uh, He's got a lot of stories, John. Now, but. Pot
1: Rose is a little down on his luck because normally, you know, Meatloaf and, and any other entertainer sings into a microphone. What did Pot Rose sing into? He sang into a ladle. <laughs> <laughs> he sang into a ladle because
0: uh, he definitely w- uh, had, had put on some pounds, Pot yes. Rose. He was uh, a, a little heavy, singing into a ladle. Uh, he had the what was perfect for the 93 weekend. He kind of had that mullet hairstyle perfect. And so he got up there and, you know, in years – Actually, it was Matt Mailer, and we're going to be talking to Matt. And Matt, his job is to take a pie in the face from the fanatic. Whenever the fanatic needs to hit somebody in the pie, and he's, he's gotten pretty good at it, but now I'm starting to wonder because when it came time... The fanatic, because after he was singing two out of three, out ain't bad on the dugout. You it's know, a little schmaltzy. It was very schmaltzy, and the fans were starting to, you know, shift in their seats a little bit. It was got a little uncomfortable, and that's when the fanatic comes over. He's got a pie with whipped cream in a silver, you know, in one of those uh, little tin trays, and he, the fanatic's got to start using shaving cream when he goes to pie somebody because shaving cream kind of bonds, it binds a little bit, it sticks. Well, it, we we use whipped cream. And so when the Fanatic went to hit pot roast with this whipped cream pie, it slid right off the dish. Pot Rose flinched, first of all. You've got to take it like a man. I mean, yeah. it, it's your only job. And it, the, 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 the cream just flew off of the tin and right into a fan and the security guard's uh, uh, lap for the fan and the security guard took it t- 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 right in the kisser. So uh, when we bring Matt Mailer uh, up here in another yes. couple weeks, uh, we're going to talk about you know, how to take a pie in the face.
1: Well, and, and I can't that, – that's going to be <laughs> – we might as well have a three-hour podcast because there's a lot of stories with Matt Mailer uh, that, that uh, was uh, four hours if we could actually tell it, you know, yes. all the stories, but we
2: can't.
0: Well, it was funny because you brought uh, Saturday Night Live. Uh, Jay
1: Farrow. Jay Farrow down
0: to the uh, Fanatic's dressing room, right. and he got the chance to meet Matt, and Matt, of course, wasn't wearing pants. Didn't have pants on. <laughs> so we took a
1: picture of, of yeah. Jay Farrow, his whole family, the Fanatic, and Matt Mailer without pants. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and Perfect. he wanted to he wanted to change into pants, but I wouldn't let him. No, no, you no. can't. That's the way we all picture Matt. Jay Farrow is awesome. He's if you, uh, if you don't know Saturday Night Live, uh, he's also on Showtime now. Uh but we also had Sandlot guys, two ah. of the actors, so it was pretty cool that Jay Farrow was hanging out with the Sandlot guys. We've got you know, that was also when Jim Eisenreich is going to throw out the first pitch. You know, we had Danny Jackson. I mean, we we had stars everywhere. And then for me, obviously, I'm a big University of Virginia fan. We had DeAndre Hunter down at the game yesterday. He was a big star. He'll be a first-round draft pick next year. So, it's uh, you know, you never know at the ballpark Mm -hmm. who you're going to see, what you're going to. Uh, what you're going to see. Absolutely. We're coming off a great weekend. And and you uh, might even get pie in your face. (laughs) (laughs) Or
0: not. And I can't wait. In two weeks, really, I think we're going to have Matt in. And uh, we're going to get, you know, we're going to talk to Matt a little bit about the difference between shaving cream and whipped cream. So in any event, hey, uh, Sarge is here, John. So uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be back with the great Sarge, Gary Matthews.
2: Bring your family to a Phillies game this season, and your kids can play as hard as the athletes. At the yard at Citizens Bank Park, you'll find free activities like the Citizens Bank fan field, the fanatic rock climbing wall, and even a mini bullpen for your littlest pitchers. Plus, there's the Turkey Hill ice cream bar and a special Hatfield Franks hot dog launcher. It's all new right in the yard at Citizens Bank Park, open before and during every Phillies home game. For tickets or info, visit phillies.com.
0: And we're back, Philly's backstage, and the man just walked in, John, our, one of our favorite players, right? We were just talking about favorite players, and we said, Sarge is one of those guys who's a favorite player. Sarge, how you doing, and uh, how's it feel to be, you know, everybody's favorite player? Did, did you ever, oh no, seriously, Sarge, <laughs> when you were playing, did you get the sense that,
3: you know, I think I'm a lot of people's favorite player? Well, I mean, no, to be quite <laughs> no, honest. No, no. But um, I don't know. I um, All through Little League, all through all uh, baseball, my baseball life, I always hit third. And I can remember coming home uh, a lot of times at the end of the season, too, and I'd always tell my mom that um, I was the MVP, and she said, no, you're not the MVP. She says you're the captain because you got to make sure that you bring people together and that you win. So I've always taken that. G- I like that. Good uh, advice from Mom. Been there, I mean, for Great forever. advice. So, and
0: bringing people together, you yeah. know.
3: And that's one of the reasons why to this day it doesn't bother me that I didn't win the MVP. Yeah, there I it always is. thought I was the captain. But, oh, you won uh, it
1: in 1983 for the NLCS, which is very important. God, that doesn't count.
3: That just got Counted stay. for Phillies fans. Yeah, well. <laughs> And then I told Mike, I said, hey, man, you need to get a hit or something. I'm not getting any pitches. Uh, but uh, getting into the World Series, being here in Philadelphia, obviously, uh, for me, a dream come true. And um, if I had been able to play with Mike and those guys, I mean, man, uh, what a career you think you could have had. They wouldn't have had to concentrate on
1: you. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the beginning of your career because obviously you came up through the Giants organization. Uh, I think your first year was 72, but really 73 was your first full year. Uh, talk about that team, because that team, how cool is it? You've got legendary players. You've got Willie Mays, arguably, the, some, some people say, the greatest player to ever play the game. You had Bobby Bonds. You had Gary Maddox. You had Tito Fuentes. You had Willie McCovey. You had Dave Kingman, Juan Marischal, and you have Randy Dave Moffitt. Dave Kingman was on that yeah, team? Yeah, you had Randy, wow. Ra- Randy Moffitt, who's Billie G- Jean King's brother. Look yeah. at that. I mean, that was an unbelievable team to come up to be a rookie in 1973.
3: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And not only that, though, we came up through the minor league, so it wasn't um, right. obviously all that big of a deal. Although uh, with Gary Maddox and uh, McCovey, we were uh, locker partners. He was in the middle. I was in one side. Maddox was on the other side. McCovey used to always get on me because I'd have shoes and stuff in his locker. And uh, the one good thing, though— um uh, everybody on the team uh, uh could hit and uh even yeah. though we didn't really win then uh, the big red machine really took over kind of in the uh the yep. 70s but um we really really had a lot of fun and all those guys that you named really I'm uh, still good friends to this day, especially uh, Randy Moffitt. Well, William, talk about Willie Mays because everyone always, again, says
1: that, that that he might be the greatest player to ever play the game when you're talking about his all-around game. did you When you're playing with him, did you see him in that light or is it more looking back that we say Willie Mays was
3: unbelievable? Hey, man, with whomever on the team, you're trying to get hits right, and mo hits, Right. So you don't have to go down to the minor leagues. Those guys are already established. Yeah. But Willie used to always give us gloves. uh uh every single year. So, you know, it's kind of like we didn't look at it as in awe like other people. We yeah. just looked at it as kind of normal, uh, you know, regular guy on the team. He could hit, probably do obviously better things than anyone else, but as a uh a young player and especially with Maddox coming up, we didn't think that we were, you know, inferior to any of nice. them. Mays, McCovey or whatever. We had a story to to tell, and each time we were out on the the baseball field, uh, we were able to uh, display that.
0: And they were pretty welcoming to you, uh, Sarge, you know, some of those guys, the McCoveys and the Mays.
3: Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you just don't, you know, go crazy. You don't jump in the cage first. You Mm -hmm. know, you got to, like, pick up a couple balls or whatever uh, first and then uh, be able to go in. But when you start hitting the ball, they stand around. So it's – you know, you're looking at them, and uh, they're looking at you. They respect at you. Well, they do. I yeah. mean, because they know that you're going to be coming to the team. But respect comes with the way that you play, and the way mm-hmm. that you were taught to be played, especially in the Giants uh, organization. Did those guys? You know, we had
0: L. A. on here last week. Like, were they like the clubhouse? And did, did everybody bond? Was there
3: a lot of shenanigans? Was it uh, you know that kind of a clubhouse, well, or were they mean, more serious? <laughs> You know, ours was a little more serious. I mean, let's just face it. Pitchers have a lot of time on their hands. They get a chance <laughs> to think up right.
0: a lot of yeah. stuff. To La do. has nothing better to do. Oh,
3: are you kidding then me? stick I mean,
0: sunflower seeds on his face.
3: You know, these, these guys <laughs> again—they just they think up things that they want to do. You know, to be to be noticed. But the fact is, uh, all those guys they end up doing the the job, keeping it really kind of uh, loose. And uh, I mean, let's face it. When you Look at the ball club they had in uh, 93. I mean, to be on that ball club there with those guys they had here in Philly, wow, I don't even know how you could last the whole season. I mean, right. they had some some serious guys that were able to play, but um, you'd have to put them in the category of a uh, – uh, kind of like the uh, animal party. I mean, he's got animal house, yeah. They they just they just like to party and hit, and uh, they did a heck of a job.
1: So you went to Atlanta after Giants. Who are your boys in Atlanta? Who who did you hang out with the most? Who was uh, the, uh...
3: Well, we had Phil Nequel over there, and that was early on with uh, Bob Horner, Dale Murray, Murphy, uh, Chris Shambles uh, uh, was there uh, mm. wow. for one day. Um, uh, Ted Turner was our manager until uh, oh, really? uh, wow. the uh, the commissioner called the dugout and told him to get on out of there, and he said, I think I can do as good a job as Dave Bristol. But uh, How many games did he manage? E-W- I didn't E-W- know that. Yeah, one. Seriously? No, well, he managed he, one game? Half of one. Half of, of one. <laughs> the commissioner kicked it out? He didn't even right? know how to put on his socks, for Christ's <laughs> sake. But uh, Ted is a good friend even to this day. Um so, um, so then really you get respect for him. So really. then you
1: get to Philadelphia in 1981. What was that like when you get to Philadelphia? You guys well, were just uh, coming uh, off the obviously the 1980 World Series. No, not you guys. I came well, after the. You came after. That's so what I'm saying. You came yeah. after that.
3: Well, uh, it was good. I mean, you know, Pete was on the team there. You had Mike, uh, you know, in his heyday. But remembering that when you win, um, that next year it's just not the same because you just don't have the same kind of fire the same kind of uh, uh I don't know the wheel. and with me coming here and never had won well you know I'm I'm ready to go I'm ready to get back to the series it took us a little while but you know we ended up doing that in uh Well then uh, you get the 83 the,
1: team and you got Tony Perez and you got Pete Rose and Joe, Joe Morgan. Morgan yeah
3: Yeah that was uh an interesting year there uh Paul Owens uh, ended up being our manager can I can never remember uh, a manager and Pat Corrales, who we had, fired, and uh, he was in first place. Right. They just didn't like the way we were w- in first place. Right. <laughs> I think they take that to this day here. But uh, Pat was uh, fired, and then uh, Paul came down, and, you know, we end up uh, going to the World Series. How did the mood change in the clubhouse when he came down? What were th- What do you think they were looking to bring in? to that team well, to have it, the Pope come in. It wasn't any type of uh stability. Uh it was more that, you know, there were guys that uh, weren't getting uh, playing time. I mean Pete Rose wasn't getting uh playing time and um there were young players that were kinda coming up at the time. Uh Bob Denier for one of those uh uh those guys there. But uh there was a lot of platooning going on. Greg Gross was uh platooning with me and Maddox out in the outfield. Mm-hmm. So um uh the main thing is is that we were able to get to the World Series. And even though we fell short, uh it was just a great uh a great, great experience. And
0: you think that was you think that was a spark though? I know you were in first place already, but do you think that helped or um to have Pope come in at that point? Oh uh
3: you know what? I don't know because uh we never really saw him a lot. You know, we just went out and played, to be quite honest. And Pope would actually, you know, I mean, handle the press. But, you know, we had Morgan on the team. And Pete, Tony Perez, Gary Maddox was out there uh, playing. I don't remember. I think Keith Moreland might have been gone, too. Chicago. At that... Uh, yeah, you had Bo Diaz, right? Yeah, we had Bo Diaz. Uh, John Denny, obviously, your As John Denny won problem. the uh, Cy Young that particular year, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Al Howland, uh, Al Howland, the closer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, he was good, uh, for sure. But, uh, again, you know, a different era, a, a great time, but, you know, my first time being in uh, the world series so that's something uh, personally i'll never forget all right so then you go to
1: chicago and have one of your best years well you just came off the mvp of the nlcs but then you go to yeah. chicago have an unbelievable year in 1984 and the funny thing is that team was all like former phillies yeah i mean literally look at all tom look at all these former I phillies on this it's team unbelievable. warren brewster dickie knolls dick ruthven larry Bower, richie hebner ryan sandberg bob denier jay johnstone keith Moreland. All on that 84 team. And Dallas. And Dallas, right, who obviously brought a lot of these people over. Yeah.
3: Well, he brought guys over that he thought maybe could help them win. And, um, you know, I mean, it it happened. Bobby Deneer, Bob Deneer, it really kind of resurrected his whole career, uh, being able to go to Chicago. He ended up winning a gold glove there, getting more years. And here with the Phillies, he was ticketed to go back to uh, the minor leagues.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well it was uh Philly what are they call Philly West out there, right? Ph- yeah, Philadelphia uh, West.
3: Philly uh West and I've always thought for me it was an advantage in playing in Chicago cuz a lot of the guys that come in obviously, you know, they like to go to uh, uh the lodge I Well, this is know. all day games
1: too back then. Yeah.
3: I don't know if any of you guys have ever uh, <laughs> uh gone there. Never never been. But, the lodge. Uh, mm. When you when, when when you play early, you put up when you put up victories, you're putting pressure on the teams that haven't played. Plus, a lot of the guys that would come in, they would not only hit happy hour, they would also go out at night. For us that lived there, we would hit happy hour and then call it a day. So we would be kind of refreshed in the morning when we uh, uh, came in. That's so, a home
0: field advantage, right there.
3: Well, that it, it really is, but you know, it's. Uh, Fun time there in you Chicago. Know, come to think of it, it really sorry, I'm just, after having this
1: conversation, I'm, you've been in, a, like, the fun cities. Like, yes. you picked, like, San Fran is a fun city, like a cool city. Uh, Chicago doesn't get any better than that. No. Right? No. Now, well, Atlanta, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, of course. Uh, yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta, you took a little break. but took a little break. You, know, a little you, yeah. you can have some fun in Atlanta, but really, Chicago and San Fran are two of the best road trips, mm-hmm. you know, for fans. Yeah. Right?
3: Yeah, maybe I should clear that up because I didn't really pick them. They, <laughs> they, they picked you. They picked me. <laughs> right. I, I had the reputation every three or four years. They were tired of me, and I was tired of them, and I was moving, moving on. So with the Giants, I was in the first group that actually played out their, uh, their, uh, their option. We didn't know exactly which way we were going to go. Uh, they had like a draft that particular uh, year. And uh Reggie that year actually went to the Yankees. The Yankees had picked me number two and uh possibly I was gonna go there, although uh Ted started uh doing a lot of stuff and then they ended up taking Gullett, who was a pitcher. So I would have had the chance to play with the Yankees hmm. with Thurman Munson. And wow. I always relish the thought because I'm at that particular time, um, was a little bit cocky. So, you know, I was used to hitting third, and so was Thurman Munson. So, man alive, it was going to be a war, I can tell you that. (laughs) And uh, with Reggie on the team and, you know, Greg Nettles and all those guys, I I just think for me it would have been a a fun, fun uh, time. I mean, my favorite player of all time, which, you know, I mean, you wouldn't be able to guess in a 100 years was uh, Elston Howard with the Yankees. And I like the Yankees because those were the only the teams that were on all the time that you can uh, see. And I used to be I used to catch kinda back in the day and also played third base, but I'm glad I'm not catching and they were hitting the balls too hard at third base and I moved out to left field. Smart in the right field. Very smart. Oh yeah, smart. What you like about Alston Howard, his game? Uh well not only uh because he was a catcher and black and I was a catcher back then mm-hmm. and uh it was someone that you could look up to and uh he was very well respected with the Yankees and he was a good hitter. Mm. So it was easy to gravitate uh to him, especially with so many of the really good hitters they had on the team. Yeah, yeah, the Sarge and
0: pinstripes. Uh, I I don't know, Sarge. I don't I don't like the I don't know if I would have liked that. Well. Uh,
1: <laughs> Tom, I think when we come back, we're gonna, we're, I know we're going to be taking a break soon. We come back, Sarge to me is it knows everybody. Yes. Like like there's some guys that ha- are the connection people. Like Shane Victorino was a great connector. Like he knew everybody had his own connections, and he's always going to Atlantic City, and people would go to him. Sarge to me, if like I know that when we'll get into this, like when when you're going to go golf trips, like when he was a broadcaster. Or, I'm sure, when he's a player too, he had all the golf connections. He has all the restaurant connections. He's got the wine connections. He's got that. So, I want to get into that when we come back because is, Sarge is, as you, in the beginning of the show, you said everyone loves Sarge. And I think it's because he is that great connector.
0: And you have even uh, put together a little trivia challenge, I think, John,
1: for Sarge. So, yeah, uh, it's an easy one. It's Sarge, an easy we, do, one. we do a trivia question and we do it in the person's wheelhouse. And I know that this is your wheelhouse, so you'll, you'll be fine. That's
0: coming up after the break, Sarge. I know you're waiting with bated breath, but. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this.
2: Bring your family to a Phillies game this season, and your kids can play as hard as the athletes. At The Yard at Citizens Bank Park, you'll find free activities like the Citizens Bank fan field, the Fanatic rock climbing wall, and even a mini bullpen for your littlest pitchers. Plus, there's the Turkey Hill Ice Cream Bar and a special Hatfield Franks Hot Dog Launcher. It's all new, right in the yard at Citizens Bank Park, open before and during every Phillies home game. For tickets or info, visit phillies.com.
0: And we are back with Sarge, everybody's favorite player. And, you know, Sarge, we were talking about it earlier before you came in about why you like a certain player. And uh, I think everybody loved just the way you play. First of all, you hit. Like you said, you were a hitter. Everybody loves a hitter. But it was the way you did it. You had style. And, And when you have a favorite player as a kid or growing up, you know, you're like a, a player with style. So you had that, but you also had a, you know, like you said, you, you weren't backing down from Willie Mays or Willie McCovey. You, you had, uh, you know, a certain cockiness. We went over that 1983, and we kind of skipped over it a little bit because I've always wanted to ask you, and I, actually, I think we've talked about this before, but. When you hit that home run in the NLCS, and you look back at the catcher, Rob Brooks is here, uh, our, our main man pushing all the buttons, and we're like, "Who Anderson. was that catcher?" We couldn't think of that catcher come that you look. On. At. Come on, what? What? What do you mean? Come on! You should know that catcher. Was it, was it Steve it was Yeager? The, yes, okay. I mean the
3: Dodgers had beat you guys twice before, uh. in keeping you from going. And you saved, you saved
0: us. You You know where I was, Sarge? <laughs> Sarge, I was, it was 1983. <laughs> I was uh, a freshman in college, and um, I'm telling you, I was in the 700 level. We had tailgated for uh, a couple to a few hours, you know, before we got in. And I'm telling you, this is no joke. That was one uh, of the greatest goodness. games. Because I, I missed game six, 1980 uh, World Series. I missed uh, being there. Uh, but I was there when we clinched against the Dodgers. And I'm telling you, I was up there at you hit the home run, after you won the, you know, we won it all. I'm up there, and the, the security had to come, and I was so happy and overcome <laughs> with joy. I was the last guy at the vet, and I had security, and I was fine. I wasn't causing any problems, but they had to walk me down the ranch to the vet. I literally was the last fan to leave that day because oh I, I didn't want to leave. It was one of the greatest, but when you turned around and looked at Jaeger after you hit that home run, what, what were you thinking? Were you just like, you know?
1: And well, did he say anything?
3: Well, I mean, I, I I probably I don't want to get beeped. Uh, I mean, in saying that, I mean what I said to him. But you got to realize with the Giants and the Dodgers, it was like the Hatfield and the McCoys. Yes, it was. We didn't know why we hated, hated that Dodgers. particular team. I think it was because of their <clears throat> lily white uniforms or whatever they had, or or Tom Lasorda. But listen, with the Giants, I battled them my whole career. They put so many knuckles on my head, and the pitchers, they would beat us in Bakersfield, double-A, triple-A, with Tom Pachoric and uh, uh, Ron Say. They had those same guys. All this was was payback. Payback. Oh, and it was more like, hey, man, like, take that. Oh, by the way, are you all right? And uh, (laughs) it was more, I I hit hit him on a backswing, but it wasn't that. It was just the... The loudness of the ball coming off the bat. He just couldn't believe it. And I told Johnny B, uh, uh, Dusty Baker, before uh, the series even started, that uh, I was going to win the MVP. And he said, no, 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 I'm going to win it. So when they had a meeting, uh, he went in and he told him, And uh, he said, hey, Sarge said going to win the MVP. Don't know if you should be pitching to him. So Roy said, no, I'm pitching to him like I always do. So I said, hey, great. So getting off to... Uh, the three-run uh, lead early in the game really kind of settles you down uh, uh, a little bit and it just makes it easier where every time a ball is hit if you miss it it doesn't cost you the game beautiful
0: well it was a great memory and I loved it and it certainly opens uh, the door to a, a great career you yeah know. And,
1: and let's Thank move you. away from baseball now because again you are the connector so favorite restaurants you are not only you're a cook right culinary star well you've done some things out here in philadelphia yeah right well but
3: without you, the title we, we we call it a, a chef chef but yes. uh, but you're also a connoisseur you're
1: a connoisseur of good restaurants sarge <laughs> yes right is. so people probably come to you in every city and you've been you played the major leagues for how many years and you've been in baseball for how many years so you know every city so like when you're going to san fran where do you go to eat a good um, good meal
3: a really good place there would be called the Slanted Door, and uh, it is in the uh, Embarcadero Center, and uh, it is uh, it's it's really unbelievable. It's really in my top uh, five. My son actually turned it on uh, to me, and uh, they're one of the few restaurants there that they take a siesta uh, after lunch. Really? Yeah, at the 2 o'clock, they close it down, so usually, yeah, I don't want to be... Telling secrets, but usually I'll go there uh, right about, say, oh, I'd say 140, because once you're in, they serve you. Right. But if you get there before then, you're going to have to wait an hour, so... Everybody's leaving and going to work, so you're able to get in and almost have the restaurant now, by is, yourself. Does this
1: go all cuisines, or like when you pick restaurants in a different city, is it all? Is it kind of the same, or is it? Is it Italian? Is it? Do you, do you kind of well, jump around? Like we're in Philadelphia. What's Where, your go-to in Philadelphia?
3: Oh well, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Morimoto's is one of my really uh, nice restaurants I go to here. Jones. Yeah. I go to here. I mean. Capitol Grill, the Palm. I mean, I'm all over uh, uh, here. Do you have a
0: stool at the Capitol Grill that that you keep
3: warm for you? It's like Sarge's stool? Actually, it was uh, Shane Victorino's stool. I'm just still keeping that warm. (laughs) Okay. How about New York? Um, God, New York, again. In New York, and it just changes so, so uh, uh, much. Uh, But there's a restaurant. I mean, I I go to all the time. That's called... uh, Rue fifty seven, which is just right up the street from where we uh, used to say stay there and they have all kind of different uh assuming that's French. Uh food. Well it's kind of uh really it, it you're good. It's almost in between kinda of because you can go and get, you know, a nice steak. They have obviously some good uh chicken uh dishes that are there, uh rice along with uh uh, different type of seafood and so on. So I'm uh, I'm liking that pretty much. Uh,
0: what I remember, Sarge, when you were doing the games here uh, as a broadcaster, once a year you would turn the TV booth <laughs> into a pig roast. How did oh that get gosh. started?
3: I love that. I mean, you brought in some great food. Oh, uh, we, uh, we had a good time there. <laughs> we would actually, uh, I think twice I brought in, uh, uh, I want to say a pig, uh, right about maybe – what, 50 pounds or so, and then we'd set it up, and then we'd have all of the different rice and so on. But I got to tell you, it wasn't really a good day because when I had that, nobody was buying food in the cafeteria. (laughs) We'd go back (laughs) for ice cream. So Ruben wasn't really happy with that. He'd go like, what the heck is going on as he's walking out with a plate? Yeah. yeah, as a matter of fact, but and, you, and you made we,
1: Larry Anderson feel comfortable because he's not the only pig in the booth. <laughs> no, no,
3: that was
0: good. But it, but it was funny because you're right. You know, they have you know they uh, here at the games they cook a huge meal for all the press and for uh, working employees. And it's the best in baseball. They do do the best job. But on that day, it's so funny. Everybody comes into the oh. uh, TV booth to get their pig roast and the rices. Oh, different oh. rices, are right? Different sorry,
3: beans, bean, plantains.
0: Yeah, and nobody – they have all this food left over in the press club. But we'd go back for ice cream. That would <laughs> right, be so, about so it. So
1: food is – when I think of you, Sarge, I think food. But I also think golf because there's nobody that likes golfing more than you. And I, and again, by in, able to travel to all these different cities, and I'm sure when you go to San Fran, you play Pebble Beach. How many times have you played Pebble Beach?
3: Um, believe it or not, I haven't played Pebble what? Beach. No. Um, uh, That's shocking that is, right there. Yeah, I, I will be playing it, uh, but I haven't played it as of uh, yet. San Francisco, I like the um, uh, Olympic Club. Yeah. Harding Park is really nice.
1: What are some of your – other uh, like Pittsburgh, you got to love – Pittsburgh is it what, Oakmont, right? You play out there?
3: I played there before, as a matter of fact, and that course is tough uh, without a doubt. Oof, it's long, and you got to be able to putt. I did play that. Chicago? How, you know
1: that? how about Chicago?
3: Chicago, I played all over. Medina. Medina. Yep. Uh, Coghill uh, over there. Kemper. Uh, Lakes, uh, I played. Those are some of the top. Uh, golf courses there uh along with oh my gosh butler international okay woof man
1: now again the, and being a connector how cool is this tom and i think you know this but the audience doesn't know this sarge was good buddies with former president barack obama his kids your kids went to uh, your your daughter went to school with with um with barack obama's daughters right
3: i actually played golf with uh with uh barack uh, twice um uh, they went to dance school, and so on together. Uh, we've had several different cookouts when uh, we'd go to spring training. So before he was even the uh, uh, senator, he was actually, he would come there to Chicago, or I'm sorry, to spring training in Mesa, and we'd have different cookouts, uh, be able to hang out. Uh, that's where I end up really getting a chance to meet uh, uh, Michelle and so on there. Uh, I wouldn't consider me the his best friend, but uh, if I'm walking down the street and he sees me, he would certainly uh, acknowledge me like he did at the uh, White House when I was trying to get everybody to sit around uh, with me, including uh, Brother Chris uh, Wheeler. And uh, he was embarrassed. He said, ah, you don't know him. You're not going to be able to. And sure enough, once he got through talking, he, this, Sarge, uh, yeah. come on. he acknowledged. And uh, that was probably... That was really a special uh, a moment because I didn't really tell a lot of people, and then a lot of our executives were there. Go- were like going like, "Man, what is going <laughs> that is on?" That's so cool, <laughs> you know. But I had known him, uh, yeah. well, you know, for so long. How's so. his go- I know he's a hoop player. How's his golf game? Well, I, I mean, I haven't played with him in a while. And I think mm-hmm. it's gotten better. But when I played with him, I, uh, it was with uh, Sandbird and also uh, uh, Gene Klein and we were winning by a a couple of strokes came up to a par three uh he hits his in the water i hit mine in the water and as he's we're going up uh he says i can't believe an athlete hit the ball there in the water like he blamed it on me um, you know i just kind of looked at him because you know i'm serious Still, we're not joking now i'm trying to beat sandbird and klein i just looked at him like really you know, but uh, we went on to lose by one stroke too. By the way, and
0: you're still paying like a federal tax. Like you, you didn't have him like redo your tax uh, taxes, so like you'll never pay federal taxes again. You don't what? know him that well. How right? do you work
3: that? <laughs> I don't now. know. Yeah, you work that well? <laughs> you know? Well, you're on the
0: 18th hole. You're, you're you're lining up a three foot putt. You know, a ten foot putt. And you say, if I make this, hey, no more taxes for the rest listen, of my life. <laughs> I think it's gonna
3: take more than President Barack Obama to get that done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And uh, more
0: importantly, how's your game? You had double knee replacement uh, in the off season, right, Sarge? Wouldn't
3: wish that on my worst enemy, uh, really. Yeah. And uh, I say that because when you have it done, you don't have a good leg to stand on right. to do your rehab. Mm. So you're actually really literally learning how to walk again. Mm. And for me, it became frustrating because when you're working out, you want to see the results. So talking with uh, Ferguson Jenkins, he had it done, but – his still. Isn't all the way back, and it's been a year and a half. So he said it's going to take yeah. a uh, a good solid uh, uh, a year before you're able to really well, come back.
0: This is what my concern is. You know, the fanatic actually does a great Sarge impersonation, and you know, I don't know if you've seen that Sarge. Course, I know yeah. you've seen it every yeah, time I you see. get introduced at an alumni. The fanatic has, I think, your walk down. Have are you? Has your walk changed now? Absolutely. That you, oh, well, nah. Are you doing we'll investigative th- research <laughs> for well, the fanatic? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll check you out. Now. The fanatic's got to <laughs> okay. do a little research. and uh, watch you uh, next time you're uh, on the field. No more leaning because before – It's the sideways, just kind of – the chest is out. It's it's, it's John Wayne going, like, crooked. (laughs) It's kind (laughs) of – Oh, unbelievable. And and one other thing, Sarge, I think of when I think of the Fanatic, too. You know, you you are a big – certainly you love the good music. And uh, uh, Me and Mrs. Jones is is, is one of the best songs out there. Billy Paul, of course. It's a song from the uh, Gamble and Huff collection. And uh, I'll never forget, Sarge and I had the uh, the uh, honor of being uh, celebrity bartenders at Downey's. And it's it, it's back when they had the uh, karaoke guy.
3: Yeah, And yeah.
0: Uh, I just remember when Sarge and I, before we started, Sarge was like, I do not sing in public. I don't sing in public. <laughs> that's the last thing I do, <laughs> sing public. Well, after two hours of celebrity bartender, where it's hey, a little bit for you, a little bit for me. Huh? Sarge and I both have a microphone, and we're we're belting out,
3: me and Mrs. Well, Jones. That, and that's not an
1: easy <laughs> song. I mean, if you're oh, no. no, if you're hitting the high notes. <laughs> oh no, we, we weren't guess. hitting any high notes. <laughs>
0: hey, yeah, we
3: know to get that mic away from us on the high notes,
0: okay, for sure. But and then it, I know for the fanatic, one of the the great moments of his life was he would do a routine on the field where he would flirt with the female fanatic, and he'd set up a little cocktail table and a little uh, a vase and a candlelight on the field. So it's this is the rendezvous, just like the song.
1: Dun, 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 yes, dun.
0: yes. And so uh, the song plays. Well, one year, we actually had
1: Billy Paul
0: yeah. come yeah. in. I remember
1: when he was here. And yeah. he oh.
0: sang it. You know, oh, he kind of lip sang it. And That's awesome. uh and there, at the end of that bit, the Fanatic goes flying over the table and smashes everything. <laughs> and I remember telling Billy, you know, the, the Fanatic had to tell him, move out of the way because the Fanatic's going to go jumping across this table. <laughs> All
1: right. Now, oh, Sarge, i got to ask you, what, before, we, before we go That's to a quiz, I, got, I do have to ask you, can you tell the incident? You might not like me after this, but can you tell the incident when you had a little after m- this? mishap in the, in the hotel? When there was a little, uh, you mentioned water, Barack Obama going into the water, President Barack Obama. Did you have a little water issue in a hotel? <laughs>
3: look at, look, yeah, look uh, at
1: Sarge right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, sort of. Uh, this particular incident, we were coming in. Uh, um,
1: you got in a I forget, early, Oh, right?
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. We had gotten in early. Yeah. So I had gone out. And, um, You're probably with
1: Dusty Baker, right?
3: No, no, we, it was in I, I, it was I, it was in Cincinnati, yeah, right? Yeah, but you. I think... But I had gone out, and then I was coming back to take a nap yep. to be able to go out later. Well, I'm next door to Chris Wheeler, so obviously I'm getting into bed. You know, uh, you brush your teeth and so on. So I accidentally uh, left the water uh, running in the sink. Oops! Why these people give me a room where the sink doesn't work? <laughs> right. I'll never know. But long story short, after two hours, I'm hearing this uh, bam, 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 and it's the uh, security guard, and they're going up, Mr. Matthews, uh, you have your water running. So I go like, no, I don't have it, and then I'm hearing something, so I get up and it goes, (laughs) I'm going like, what is going on? So meantime, my room. Is flooded out and it's going in the Wills' room next door. Oh, my so uh, he actually gets them to tell him about them. And then I again, I go like, man, I can't believe they gave me a room where you're brushing your teeth. You can't leave the uh, water room. But the moral of the story is when something like that happens, when they put you in a new room like they did for yes. me, it was a suite. And I went like, wow. Unbelievable. It was also That's like, during,
1: wasn't it like during Hurricane Irene too? Wasn't it like there a hurricane around that time? <laughs> you know
3: time? what? It, it, you know what, John? It may, ha- it may maybe, have maybe been just in your room. All I remember is taking a nap and getting up, and you know, water was all. I mean, oh. literally, it was flooded like a lake. And next door to <laughs> Will's room too. Oh my! You gosh. know, and all week there, the whole uh, um, in the, uh, uh, yeah. I'm not, not the aisles, but inside the um, hotel. They're trying to vacuum up oh, all man. this you really water. Did some damage. Oh, and not only that, I mean, from the the, the smell, and then the noise, and oh. people complaining, and then they put me on a different floor in a suite. <laughs> I went like, man, they put it oh, on the Phillies' tab. Oh my! Well, I mean, it wasn't my fault they put me in a room where yeah. you know you sink can't even work. take a uh, a nap. <laughs> right. You know, without the water running down. And what happened to the hole there in the sink where it runs through there? Yeah, the drain. I, I guess <laughs> what I cost them a lot of money because they end yeah, up putting did. sinks in. After that. <laughs> and we can't
1: let you go too without talking hats. Like right, so, so golf, food. You know, I mean, I, I think if you there's a lot wine. of things I think of you, Renaissance. Wine is a big one. Wine, really. are exactly right. Absolutely. Love wine, but also hats. Like you, you, you had you love hats we, so much. You had your own hat as a giveaway.
3: We did a hat as a uh, giveaway, which was um, pretty awesome. And I see those basically to those day to this day, I should say, uh, that red uh, Father's Day uh, cap that we did. How
1: often do you wear a hat? Every day, every day, different. But yeah, how many hats
3: do you have? Come on, now I have to kill you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's that, Amelda
0: Marcus? Didn't she have all the shoes? The the
3: maker of the hats are the the Bowman Company, which is the oldest hat company, I think, uh, in the United uh, States. Uh, Hmm. uh, Our producer today, Rob Brooks, he's he's got some of those hats. I don't know if he's gotten any new ones. I haven't seen any uh, on him. But we would come in here and they would display them, man. We we'd have close to maybe 15, 20 or more hats in here that we, uh, we're, we're picking picking from. So, it's awesome. Uh, I like them, and, you know, because of the Black Negro League is the reason that I wear them, and every time you saw them, they always had on a nice fedora. Or back then in those days, everybody you saw at the games had a nice fedora on, whether or not you were yeah. a, a gangster, baseball player, or what, and uh, – I kind of like that style. Well,
0: that's cool. Well, and John, so you, you know, you're know, you talking about in Sarge's wheelhouse is this trivia challenge. So is it going to be about hats? Is it going to be about wine, golf? No, you know, what are we talking I,
1: I, here? I, I've been making it hard for people. So Sarge is my man. I love Sarge. There's nobody. I, uh, as we said, when Sarge walked into the room, I looked at him and I said, you know, there's a void in our life because we don't get to see Sarge all the time. I get to, we get to see him. He's down at the desk with Kelly a lot. And he's, but i, I got to tell you, not just because you're sitting here, Sarge, you're one of my all-time favorite people. So we we're very happy that you're in here. So because of that, Sarge, I'm giving you, a kind of, <laughs> I'm giving you an easy one. He okay? said
0: easy before, and he always sure. screws up the
1: questions. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll <laughs> see if he gets this right. All right. Ready, Sarge? Sure. First question. Uh, by the way, Tom, what does he win? Uh, well, let's see. The John Crock pullover was uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: last no. week, so we, we gotta got to come one. up with a new item <laughs> to give away. Can hardly wait to get that one.
1: <laughs> All right, well, Sarge, we'll, we'll, we'll get you a new hat. We'll get you and wanted to add your collection. All right, we don't we don't know what the hat's going to look like, but we'll get you a new hat. Question number one: In 1983, Mike Schmidt led the team in home runs with 40. Who was second on the team in home runs? Was it uh, Bo Diaz, Joe Morgan, you, or Von Hayes?
3: I got to say, uh, oh man. Hmm. One, one of those guys been. had
1: 16 home runs.
3: don't think it was Vaughn. Vaughn uh, had six. So it's not him. So it's uh, either
1: you, Bo Diaz, or Joe Morgan. I'll go Bo Diaz. Uh, he was one-off. Joe Morgan had 16. Bo oh, Diaz had 15. A little midget. All right, all, right. <laughs> all right. In that same year, who led the team in wins? Was it Steve Carlton, Marty Bystrom, Charles Hudson, or John Denny? John Denny. John Denny, right, 19-6. and six. All right. Who had the best ERA on the team, starters and relievers? Okay. Was it John Denny, Ron Reed, Al Holland, Steve Carlton? Al Holland. Al Holland. He's two right. for three yeah, there. two for three. Tom, okay. How many... Career home runs did you have? Can you tell me without without me giving you the choices?
3: Can I tell you how many? What career home runs you had? Thirty-four.
1: Damn. He's yeah. Bam.
3: I meant to say bam. <laughs> <laughs> he's What kind of show is this, by the way? I mean, we're going to curse and do whatever. I said right. bam. I meant to say bam. Well, oh, okay. i was saying
1: the dam, like the, when you when beavers <laughs> well, build a dam in the right in the. Stream. Rob
0: Brooks is a genius production guy yeah. back no. there. He'll he'll bleep that right yeah, out. Yeah, clean it
1: up. And this is by the way, and and Tom, before I get into that last question. Here we got a 16 year career, 2011 hits, 319 doubles, 51 triples, 234 home runs, 978 RBIs, 183 stolen bases. How about that one? <laughs> uh, but here's what I love too. Nine hundred and forty walks, eleven twenty five strikeouts. So you almost had a one to one walk strikeout.
3: Mm. Yeah, I can't believe I struck out that much. That goes to show you about those umpires back in yep. those days. And
1: pitchers cheat. Oh. So all right, sorry, this might be the toughest one. Okay? Yeah. Last question. You win the uh, I think you're gonna win the hat anyway, but what is the title of one of your books? Is it is it A? Really? <laughs> is it is it, is you it, went, is it A? You are, are chosen? The chosen few, <laughs> B few and chosen, C Many. Are chosen or D, chosen and few. (laughs)
3: Uh, Wait, wait. Really? Seriously? (laughs) <laughs> you know, he's only doing that because I, I had an interview. I know what happened. Yes. You know, and, and I forgot the name of the book I've you written. forgot the name of your own he, book. Yeah, he, I've written three did, of them. He <laughs> did the interview
1: <laughs> down at in spring training with a girl from the country music station. Yeah. And, and she's interviewed. Great interview. He was awesome. And next thing she says, all right, now, Sarge, you're signing books up in the concourse. What's the name of your book? And he looks over yeah, at me it's, and it's, yeah. goes, what's my
3: book? Few, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, few and chosen. But the fact of the matter is. Did he get it right? He got it right, hey, Sarge. Yeah, you know, really, though, I mean, in, in seeing that. It's not like, you know, when one of my really good friends, Chris Wheeler, forgot his birthday and we had to honor him <laughs> twice during the course <laughs> of the year. And then he he proofread his book. OK, so I mean, that was, you know, I'm just you thinking, get a pass. You no, got a pass. You totally I know. A but pass. I was thinking, though, with the interview, sometimes when you're getting interviewed and, and you're going like, wow, she's. Kind of nice. It just kind of threw your whole kind of you know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm with you. you. I'm with you. You especially yeah. for Christ's sake. But, Uh This was fun. Good. I hope yeah, you,
0: this was uh, fun. We ended up. See, Sar- you, you always seem to. Why do you do that, John? You always insult our guests just before
1: I we, we, we sign off. Insult our guests. It's my man here. I just said he is a renaissance man. I mean, literally, oh, he's a renaissance.
0: Gosh. I know. That's that's a classic. Oh and man. Your, your your best interview ever was with Alyssa Milano. That's what I'll remember from your broadcast. Well, you know what I was Career.
3: thinking about that cuz I was thinking <laughs> these guys are going to ask me about that See I wasn't going to ask that Sarge. Uh, I was going to
1: stay away from I that. went there I, I got
3: to tell you though she would be I think really for me second and um I had the opportunity to uh to uh to interview um uh the fireballer help me out Brooksy, there Nolan Ryan Nolan. in Texas and I had research and research, and I'll never ever forget it because Harry was actually doing his lineup, and uh, he never never looked up, never said anything else. He says he sorry, one of the best interviews I've ever heard, and he just kept on writing and wow. Uh, writing. Wow, I would that's like. a great tribute. Holy cow! I cannot believe this guy just uh, said that to me, and he was so stone-faced because when Harry got there. He was just – he was in his zone. He was doing his stuff. And, uh, you know, he knew the game. I mean, it was an honor uh, and a pleasure to be able to to do some games there with him. It was just unbelievable. Those white shoes he would wear and, oh, man, I just – Brings back so many memories. So many memories. Well,
0: we've been talking about uh, Harry a lot on our podcast, haven't we, John? So uh,
1: When I say Sarge's name, I say it like Harry Cowell. <laughs> Sarge. Of course we the Sarge. Yeah, oh, my gosh. He was the best. Well,
0: Sarge, it was great having you on. You know, you're everybody's favorite player. I know for me and John, uh, thrilled to have you here because you were one of our favorite players for sure. So thanks for coming in today.
3: Well, my pleasure. You guys might have a bill. I parked right out in front of the ballpark. So if it's towed, I'll be coming <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, you didn't put up. your
1: hazards on? Well, you know what? And I just decided. <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> Did you, did it nice. Because you won, too, Tom and I are going to take you out to lunch somewhere because you are, how about that, for coming on the show.
3: I'm going to have go. to rain check because I'll be taking Kelly and uh Yeah, we'll do it another uh, time. <laughs> but, but
1: no,
0: sorry, just know that, know that Tom and I owe you a lunch. All right? Yeah, we owe you a lunch, Sarge.
3: Hey, you know what? I like that, and that lunch could change to dinner, guys. And I okay? like it.
0: Sounds Love good. It. All right, Sarge, thanks again. Everybody, uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another edition of Philly's Backstage. In the meantime, we'll see you at the ballpark.